0: I missed you all last week. I hadn't planned to be away, but life had other plans for me. My children came home suddenly because my daughter-in-law's grandmother had had what turned out to be a fatal stroke. I only mention this because I think that my wanting to help my children, to take care of my grandson, to be with them, to comfort them, hardened my heart a little bit against what my life demanded of me next. We admitted an almost 17-year-old to St. Vincent's on Wednesday, who, a boy who had been in 30 different placements prior to his coming to us, who was removed from his mother at 2, returned at 5, removed again at 7, and to us he comes 10 years later and 30 placements later, swinging Rude and provocative and disparaging and threatening. He ran off campus on Thursday afternoon, and when the sheriff's deputies caught up with him, he said he wanted to die because his birthday was in three days. He would be 17, and he couldn't imagine that life would ever get any better than it had been. And so it began. He could have been Job. When I walked into Psych Emergency Services on Saturday morning to wait with him for a hospital bed, He said, you all think I'm just a bad kid, when all I ever wanted was a mother. I do all these things because I've never had a mother who could show me what to do. And now my social worker is going to send me out of state to a lockup and I'll never see my real mother again. I'm so tired of this. I've had so many therapists who lied to me just to make me feel better. I think I should die before I'm 17. He said a lot of other things which aren't really quotable in a sermon, but which sounded for all the world to me just like Job. Job said it poetically, why did you bring me forth from the womb? Would that I had died before any eye had seen me and were as though I had not been carried from womb to grave. I was mad then. I was mad about having to give up my day and the next day for that matter when I wanted to be here with you. I was mad that I had to be with this child when my children needed me. And I was even madder at the world who does this to children over and over and over. But over those hours and hours and hours I spent with him on Saturday and Sunday and Monday, my heart broke. Blind Bartimaeus didn't think he had a hope of being cured of his blindness, but something compelled him to try with Jesus. Something made him reveal his vulnerability to Jesus and his hope and his trust. He could easily have stayed in the shadows, demoralized, victimized by his life, but something compelled him to stand up and show his soul to Jesus. The truth is that gross evil is present in all our lives and sometimes it possesses us. Sometimes we are so besieged by pain and suffering that we, like Job, join with it. We become the suffering. We can't see the light at the end of any tunnel. We blame God. We give up on resurrection. When Bartimaeus demanded that Jesus listen, Son of David, have mercy on me. He released the vulnerability in Jesus. Bartimaeus' suffering and his courage touched Jesus. This gospel has another story about Jesus healing a blind man in Bethsaida, you might remember. And that time it took Jesus two times of laying his hands on the blind man to restore his sight. This time in Jericho with Bartimaeus, it was the godsy, self-advocating faith of Bartimaeus which released the healing power in Jesus. There is no healing without belief. Jesus is saying that he is not perpetrating his miracles on people. Instead, he is creating them together with the one who suffers. When Job says to God that he is sorry that he thought things ought to go the way Job wanted them to go, and not God's way, God is touched. In the book of Job, the author takes pains to tell us that God has always had faith in his servant Job, and although God allows Satan to have his way and test Job's faith by those horrible things that happened to him, God always believed that Job's connection with God would prevail. So it is when Job asserts himself asking to be heard, asking to be answered, God reminds Job that although there is suffering in the world there is also freedom. There is suffering and there is choice and there is redemption from suffering. And Job says that God is right and God's heart is open to him in that moment, that intimate moment and, God, and Job's life is fully restored, well, it's poetry after all. He cannot have his children back, they are dead. And that is the deepest message in this passage. We suffer, we hope, we engage God with our deepest power, and we are redeemed, but some loss remains. That is life. We and God are in a state of constant evolution. God is not a puppet master doling out rewards and punishments regardless of its impact on us. We cannot know, we cannot know how the events of our lives will shape the future, nor can we expect that there is something we can do to avoid pain. Like Bartimaeus, like Job, we are invited to use whatever we can to live in hope in expectation, in relentless, self-respecting advocacy toward God. We are invited to touch the heart of God and to expect that God will respond in love. Sometimes disguised, sometimes paradoxical, sometimes puzzling. And so, when my heart broke open in psych emergency services with this kid, he noticed. He began to ask me questions about why I was there with him. He is horribly rude, demanding, greedy, entitled, and completely unable to engage in anything like ordinary social give and take, but when I didn't flinch, when I reassured him that I did not think that he was bad or ugly or hopeless, questions he asked me at least twice an hour, eventually he said, you are a good person, you want to help. I think you're telling me the truth. Something transformed me and I began to advocate more strongly for him. Heretofore I had seen him as a drain on my resources, keeping me from my children and my church, keeping other people away from their jobs, taking and taking and taking. And then I began really to see him Is having been possessed by the gross evils of abuse, and neglect, and dire poverty. And I realized that there was a certain seduction going on here. I was responding to the evil as though I were the victim. I am no stranger to these experiences. But I had been thoroughly seduced by the presence of evil in this child's life. I was blind to the opportunity for grace here. I was blind to the chance to be human in this incredibly dehumanizing experience. I forgot for a few hours there that I am here in this world to be touched by its suffering. Well, there never was an open hospital bed for him, but in the wild and free and uncontrollable way of God, his social worker found a way for him to go back to a foster home he had actually liked was not what I had recommended but it was most certainly the result of all that love painful though it was going back and forth and in the end when we said goodbye he said I wish you were my mother and so in the words of the gospel when suffering threatens to overwhelm you take heart you will find grace This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at at our saviormv.org That's o u r s a v i o u r m v for mill valley dot .org We wish you God's peace and we hope to greet you in person very soon